8. Acts chapter 8. There's a good bit of early church history in this wonderful uh, book of the Bible, uh, written by Luke, and uh, we have uh, we've noticed that there's there's either trouble within or there's opposition from without. And the church, as God guides and superintends continues to grow the church, continues to do what he promised he would do as the uh, apostles and as the deacons and as the church all together evangelize, uh, the, uh, the church grows. And we've come to this portion of the book of Acts where we've seen opposition from without. And that opposition resulted in Stephen's martyrdom. That's the last part of chapter 7. Stephen was obedient to the Lord's command to take the gospel. And he was killed for it. He told the truth. And men... Uh, took up stones to throw at him and stoned him to death. And then one, uh, one of the central figures there was Saul. Saul, who would become Paul, um, was there. And that first verse in chapter 8, Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. So if you're reading Acts for the first time, you, and you don't know the story, you wonder, well, is that, is that going to... I mean, Stephen must have been a spiritual, a strong, mature, spiritual man in the church. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of wisdom. Would that be enough to... Would his death be enough to stop the church, to silence the gospel... So we read on and we, we wonder, how, how will this affect the church? How will this affect the health of the church? And so we read on there in verse two or verse one, the second part of verse one. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And we read that, and, you know, it's a, it's a general statement about what was taking place. The people were scattered. They were uprooted. Uh, they were inconvenienced. They had to leave their homes. They had to leave livelihoods. You know, this scattering, this uh, diaspora was... Um, it was personal. It affected a lot of people. So would that be enough to slow the church down, if not stop what God wanted to do? So they were scattered. They were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. 
except the apostles. And I take that as a very positive statement about the apostles, that, that they're, the apostles are not leaving their post. They're in Jerusalem. They're there. And they're, of course, pillars in the church. And some devout men buried Stephen. So to associate with someone who has just been killed for their faith says a lot about these devout men. And they made loud lamentation or great lamentation over him. So obviously Stephen's going to be missed. How will that affect the church? And then this Saul guy, he's, he's not finished. He's a man on a mission, but not the Lord's mission. He's ravaging the church. The word there, ravaging, uh, the word Luke chooses to use there was used for uh, predatory animals. I mean, they're fierce beasts. And so here, Saul is characterized as a fierce animal preying on the church. So Saul is ravaging the church. Well, what's that look like? Well, he entered house after house. Go see who's at the door. Well, it's Saul and his band. And dragging off men and women, and he put them in prison. So this was affecting more than just Stephen. And Saul is on a rampage. And then we read on. I wonder, you know, it's we have more material, so something is unfolding something is taking place therefore there in verse 4 i think we're at new material here i think therefore those who had been scattered went about preaching the word now that's interesting that one had just been stoned to death for what for preaching the word yet they are so committed to Jesus and the plan and the gospel. They had such a care for the souls of others who did not know this great grace and mercy uh, through Jesus that they continued in spite of the inconvenience, in spite of the, the vulnerability of there they are, they're out there. They were scattered and they went about preaching the word. That's a wonderful expression there. They're preaching, they're proclaiming the word. That means they're bringing the gospel to the people wherever they're scattered. As they're scattered, wherever they're going, they went about preaching the word. And Philip Right there in verse 5, went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. Now, it's one thing to proclaim Jesus in Jerusalem, but Samaria? Come on now. That's, uh, 
Don't you know about those folks? They're, I mean, they were, they were called half-breeds. They were, they didn't have anything to do with the Jews. The Jews didn't have anything to do with them. Um, I do recall a woman at the well. I do recall her. Do you remember her? John 4. Um, Philip goes to the city of Samaria and he began proclaiming Christ to them. What news? Think of all the news you hear today. I mean, it's, it can be a little overwhelming. But think of the best news. The best news is the news about Jesus. It's the story of Jesus. Son of God and the, the sacrifice he made for us on the cross that we would be forgiven of our sin, that we would be free in Christ to pursue him. And he's proclaiming Christ. It's interesting. Uh, you know, we don't, uh, you really don't get the, the, the feeling here from the text that that Philip's necessarily going to Samaria and kind of rehashing how bad life has been for the church lately. No, he's preaching the good news. I mean, I, I don't know if anybody can hear that or not. He's preaching the good news. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff and we can rehash it and we can rehearse it and we can mull it over. But what folks need to hear is the good news. And we can even agree on the bad news. We can all sit around and agree that it's really bad. But what folks really need to hear is the good news. The good news of Jesus. And that's what we, we see Philip doing. He's proclaiming Christ to them. This good news is personal. It's personal to those of us who have received it. We've received Jesus. We've received the gospel. And it's personal to those that we share the message with. I love this. This next part, it's just going to bless your heart. Look at this. The crowds with one accord. Now, folks, if you can have a crowd in one accord, come on. (laughs) Who are we kidding? A crowd in one accord. That's what he said. In fact, he uses the plural for crowd. Crowds. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip. No doubt Philip was proclaiming that there was no hope apart from Jesus for these folks. That they were doomed in and of themselves as sinners, as those who who had violated God's, God's law and turned their back on the Lord. And there's no doubt that Philip was talking about and proclaiming and preaching that Jesus had come from heaven to earth 
to bring the one final sacrifice for sin. That being his own blood. And the Bible tells us what took place. They said they were giving attention, and that's important. That that phrase or that word will come up here in a little bit again. They were giving attention to what was said by Philip. So they're listening intently. As they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. So these are the early days of the church, and there were some signs. There were some things There were things that he was saying, no doubt. And there were things that accompanied what he said that could not be ignored. I do believe God still, he still honors the preaching of his word. And they were, they were listening and they saw the signs which he was performing in. And the Bible says, for in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice. And many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. Now that is a dispensation, if not a special dispensation of God and his spirit accompanying this preaching of Philip. I wonder what happens. I mean, people getting set free of unclean spirits or demons and, and, uh, and people who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. I wonder if Philip taught them the song, Walking and Leaping and Praising God. You think he taught them that song? They probably didn't need a teacher at that point. They're just walking and leaping and praising God. Now... Oh, there it is. Verse eight, just us, Luke is so good at giving us the, he'll give us some particulars and then he'll just go to a summary statement. And he just says, so there was much rejoicing in that city. That is, wow, much rejoicing in the city. I mean, there've been so much heartache not long before with the persecution and the the death of Stephen and the difficulty in 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 losing him even though they knew he was he was with Jesus he even saw Jesus there standing as he as he died but there it is god honors his word he honors his people who are committed to the mission that he has set forth in Matthew eight twenty eight, the great commission. It is a great commission. It is a privilege to speak the gospel and to see lives changed. I trust we pray for that. We pray God do a work. Help us. So there was much rejoicing in that city. How could there not be? People were set free. The paralyzed were not paralyzed. And the lame, not lame anymore. They were healed. Now, Luke goes and he's, he's going to raise, uh, he's going to lift this particular person. 
he's going to put him before our eyes here. He's going to tell us a little bit more about what was going on. He says, now there was a man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic in the city and astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. So there he is. He's uh, Simon the Magician. Uh, Anything outstanding there? Yes, the word great there is great, mega. Um, You know, we had great lamentation over over Stephen there in verse uh, 2. And now we have a, this person right here, is, he's claiming to be somebody great. And they all, from smallest to greatest, were giving, a, there it is, giving attention to him. They were giving attention to Philip, preaching the gospel. And now they're giving attention to this Simon, to him, saying, this man is what is called the great power of God. And there it is again. And they were giving him attention. This uses it. Three times, I think, here. Because he had, for a long time, astonished them with his magic arts. But when they believed Philip, preaching the good news about the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. And that is the natural result of conversion, is to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Right? I mean, that is, that is one of the ordinances of the church. That is a command of the Lord. Uh, Jesus himself was baptized by John the Baptist. And the Father's voice was heard from heaven. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. God is well pleased when we make a public testimony of our faith in Christ from the waters of baptism. So we're going to stop at 12 because it's time. I don't know what told me it was time, but I could tell it was time. Okay. So um, uh, Godspeed to you. Have a good rest of the week. Pursue Jesus. Bring his word into your life. We're looking forward to Sunday. Lord, the Lord's day It's going to be a good Lord's day. Um, in in Jesus. So we better dismiss because the kids...